Good morning. I hope you all are doing very well today. Well, I believe I've got a touch of bronchitis, and it's kind of messing my head up just a bit, but that'd be all right. I'm getting kind of used to that. <laughs> it's not like I get it all the time anymore. I hope we have something here today that'll be of some benefit to uh, you all. <clears throat> Influence is what I want to talk about. <clears throat> I touched on this last week, uh, barely touched, but uh, I want to touch a little bit more today. Is the uh, the power of influence, uh, the effect it has uh, on all of us, and, and hey, there's none of us immune from it. We're all affected by influence, uh, whether good or bad. A definition of influence is the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something, or the effect itself. The ability to affect others, affect the way they think affect the way they see things, affect how they believe. Uh, it's powerful, it's a powerful thing. Uh, human uh, transmission, the ability to communicate with one another and have such power over uh, all people, really. Some people are very good at it. Most of us, not so much, but we all have an effect on someone. Who or what influences you? Have you ever wondered about that? What is it, uh, what is the basis of your thinking? What you think, or why you think the way you think? If you're a Republican, why are you a Republican? If you're a Democrat, why are you a Democrat? Why are you whatever it is you are? What has influenced you in your life? Uh, what's, what's behind it? There's something behind it. There's something somewhere that has an effect on all of us. And uh, a lot of these things mold us uh, and we become who we are uh, by these various influences from a number of sources. Generally begins with mama, but uh, you know, it spreads out as we grow older. The idea of influence, uh, you might think of it, uh, who sways you, who sways you. Have you ever seen a time when you, you, you believe this way and then after talking to someone, you found yourself doubting this way and kind of leaning in this direction? Well, yeah, all of us have. Uh, sometimes uh, we're swayed, influenced uh, by uh, fact because we've come to a, a knowledge of certain facts. Sometimes we're swayed uh, because uh, uh, of the individual their uh, sincerity, their deep belief, their ability to communicate their thoughts uh, very, very well. But it is, in, it is in reality being swayed from one position uh, to another. The Bible says, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits, 1 Corinthians 15 and 33. Uh, this is a statement of fact, is all it is. Uh, don't allow yourself uh, to believe otherwise. Uh, who you run with, who you hang out with, is, is going to, to affect who you are, or I should say, who you will become. Uh, probably the, the most difficult uh, 
category of people that fall into this category would be uh, young people. And you young people out there, you know, I'm an old guy and all that stuff. But uh, believe it or not, there was a time when I was a young guy, and I know what it's like to be a young guy. I know what it's like to, uh, to want to fit in, to, to have acceptance. I know what it's like to want to have the right tennis shoes. Oh, baby. I know what it's like to want to have the right blue jeans or the right shirt. I, you ought to see the way I dressed when I was a kid. I looked like a freak. But I, I was trying to be like, you know, the way it was. You know, this is the way people dress. I wore polka dots. One time I wore a polka dot shirt with paisley print pants. My sister kept a picture of me just to make fun of me through all these years. But there was a time, believe it or not, that was cool. And I wanted to be cool. We're influenced by the people around us. You are too. You're, you're very young. You're impressionable. A little boy, he, lo he looks at a little girl and he, he kind of likes her. He's afraid, though. He doesn't hardly know what to say, but he, he wants to get close to her. So he tries to move into her circle. Well, it's kind of hard because her circle is uh, a, a bit different than him. He's kind of a, a church-going kid. And these other kids, this particular circle, they're not. You know, they're, they're different. They talk different. Uh, they dress different. They behave differently. They talk about different things. Things he doesn't even understand what it is. But boy, he likes that little girl. So he wants to get into that circle. So what happens? Well, he's got to change. If he comes in there like a church-going person, they're going to they're gonna boot him out faster than he can blink an eye. Because they don't want to hang around with that kind of stuff. They know all about church-going people. They know what they believe, and they don't want to hear about it, and they don't want to be reminded of it. They're, 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 they're living their life the way they want to live it, and they want to be left alone. So when this little boy wants to get himself into that little group, it's not going to work. You know, he ain't going to fit. So what happens? He has to change. He has to change. He gets his tennis shoes. He gets his blue jeans. He'll go out and look everywhere for a polka-dotted shirt. And before you know it, he looks like a freak. But he fits in. And in he goes. But then there's other things that comes up. You know, they, most of these people, they cuss a little. You know, not a lot, they cuss a little. And, you know, if you're going to be normal, if you're going to be cool, you got to cuss a little. I remember back when... Uh, you had to drink a little. If you didn't drink a little beer, we didn't use whiskey much, not that I knew of, but you had to drink beer. If you didn't drink beer, well, nobody wanted you around. You know, one of the worst things that a people who drinks beer experiences is a person who doesn't drink beer because uh, they're sober and they're going to be able to laugh at you. And they're not fun. They don't understand your stupid jokes. They don't want you to be around. And you don't want to get kicked out because this is the circle of the little girls in. You're starting to get close to the little girl. So I'll take a beer. You can drink a beer. He never would have drunk a beer before. But boy, he sure likes that little girl. So he'll take a beer and he'll drink that beer, do something he never thought he'd do. But he did. 
And uh, he drank another beer, and before long, he got a little buzz going. And he, yeah, <laughs> that's all right. He liked that little buzz. It gave him courage he didn't have. Made him a little braver than he used to be. So he starts talking to his little girlfriend. Sure enough, he talks her into it. He got what he wanted. How? He became something other than what he was. He had to change from this person to this person. And he got what he wanted. You know, uh, it doesn't have to involve any kind of sin or anything else. I've always felt very sorry for people who sell their souls uh, for acceptance by others. I've always felt bad about that. I used to do it when I was young. I was as goofy as the next guy. But when I got a little older and became, a, I guess, a man, I think, maybe, uh, I got to where I felt sorry for people who had so little confidence in their self that they would become whatever somebody else wanted them to be. Always changing. Never constant. Always evolving into something else. Trying to find that magical person that will make them somebody worth knowing. You know, I don't care who you are. You're already worth knowing. If you just be yourself, you're worth knowing. Whoever you are, you're a very unique person. There's only one like you in the whole world. That puts you in a class all by yourself. Yeah, but I don't get the stuff I want. Maybe you don't need the stuff you want. Maybe what you need is something that's closer knit to you, to what you, what's wrong with you? Why do you have to use dope to fit in? You know why they call dope dope? It's because people that take dope are dopes. That's the way they behave. Taking the stuff is not an intelligent move. Look at all the people dying across the country right now over fentanyl. They're, lit, they're lacing this stuff. They're mixing this stuff down in South America, over in China. And they're coming into the southern border and they're bringing all this stuff into the country. And what is it doing? It's killing people. It's killing them by the thousands. You think that's by accident? Takes the dope to use dope. Knowing good and well what's going on. What they're trying to do to you, but because you want to fit in, you, you become like other people. What's wrong with you? I say there's nothing wrong with you. You're fine just the way you are. You're great just the way you are. You are just what God created you to be. And it don't get no better than that. One in a million. But we're affected. It's not just because people have power over us. It's because we want to be something more than what we are. I used to do the same stuff. 
I don't know why. And when I watch kids change, and I've seen it in all kinds of venues, I've seen it in all kinds of places, children doing things they know they shouldn't do, but they're trying to do it because they want to get in close with this, that, or the other thing. They surrender a piece of their self. They become a slave to others. They become a slave to an idea. They become a slave to a thought, to a reflection, to a dream. And because they've enslaved themselves, they change and become what they think they have to be in order to be popular. I, f I find that very sad. I honestly do. I know it's hard. Oh, man, I know it's hard. But I know you're somebody worth knowing right now. And you can't get no better than that. The potential danger of human influence, I don't think, can ever fully be appreciated by us. We all understand it to some degree. But I don't think we'll ever really, really understand how much we're affected by the influence of a, a number of different things. Not just our friends, but a lot of different things. To young people, I would say, don't become something you're not. Don't do what you don't want to do. Don't do what you know you should not do. Be a man or be a woman. And stand on your own two feet. If somebody don't like you the way you are, well, that's just fine. If you don't like me, you don't have to be around me. And I don't have to be around you. I only want to be around the people that like me. I don't like being around people that don't like me. Because you can't trust them. They're not trustworthy. The problem is it doesn't just happen to young people. It happens to all of us. We're all in subjection to the influence of other people. Oh, there's people that we eat dinner with, maybe every day at work. Maybe on the weekend we spend a, a weekend with a person, and we have dinner with them. We enjoy this time together because it breaks up the monotony of the week. There's, there's so many times we come into contact with other people and sometimes these people we don't particularly even like. But we, we, we want to fit in. We want to get along. So we say things. We do things. We put up with things we wouldn't otherwise put up with from our friends. Just so we can fit in. There is no age limit. I started off with kids because everybody expects me to start off with kids. But there's no difference. We're just big kids, that's all. I don't know how much we've actually learned in our lifetime. There's a potential danger of a person's peers. Israel was almost divided. They were fixing to be. There was big problems in Israel. Solomon had been the king, and Solomon was a horrible king. He, uh, he overtaxed the people. He took their money. He left them with nothing. He built himself big houses. He built things all over Israel. His name was stamped into it. I mean, he was going to leave his footprint all over the world when he left it. 
And in order to do that, he had to take money away from the average American, or <laughs> the average every Israelite. So he took their money, and he invested in their money in the stuff he wanted to invest in. And you know what? People got tired of it. They, they didn't like it. And Solomon died, and oh my, they had to have been so happy that that old guy died and was out of the way. Because now, maybe, just maybe, they can get this wrong righted. And that's what this meeting was all about. Rehoboam, son of Solomon, he went to Shechem to meet with the people. The idea was that everybody would say, Rehoboam's our king, Rehoboam's our king, we love Rehoboam. That's what he was looking for, that's not what he got. Instead, the northern tribes of Israel, they said, we want to talk to you. Your daddy, your daddy was a miserable king, and we need relief. We need you to take this tax off our back. Lower our taxes. Ultimately, that was what they wanted. And they tried and tried and tried to persuade Rehoboam to lower the taxes. Rehoboam said, look, look, we've talked about it enough today. You go home, I go home. We'll think about it three days. We'll come back together. I'll give you my decision. Rehoboam went home, and when he did, uh, he called the elders who stood before his daddy. And he, he needed advice. What should I do? Okay. The elders who stood before his father Solomon while he still lived, and Rehoboam said, how do you advise me to answer these people? These people want me to lower the taxes. What should I do? They spoke to Rehoboam and said, if you will be a servant to these people today. Solomon wasn't a servant. He was a king. And he let you know he was the king. He was the man in Israel. And that's the way he ruled the people of Israel, with an iron fist. If you will be a servant to these people today, unlike your father, if you will serve them as public officials are supposed to do, and if you will answer their questions, and if you will speak good words to them, don't chew them out every time they say something, don't send them off to the gallows because you didn't like their thought. But speak to them like intelligent people. Speak to them like your brothers and sisters. Treat them like they're somebody worth knowing. Then they will be your servants forever. After, after the lives they had been living, that's all Rehoboam had to do. He didn't have to change anything else. All he had to do was lower those taxes. These people were beaten so low into the ground that if he would have just lowered their taxes, things would have been fine in Israel for a little while. But I don't think Rehoboam really wanted to do that. He was raised as a monarch's son. He watched his daddy as he sat on that throne. He knew how the cow ate the cabbage. So he rejected the advice of the elders and he consulted with the young men. These are the guys he grew up with. They're his peers, of course, who stood before him. And he said to these fellows, what advice do you give? How should we answer this people? And thus is how you should speak to this people, they responded. Whereas my father put a heavy yoke on you, I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, 
I would chastise you with scourges. Scourges are whips with bits of metal in them, much worse than a whip. Tears your flesh up open. In other words, you thought daddy was bad? You ain't seen nothing yet. You get your bad selves back to your houses and you go to work and you send me your money. That was basically what he had to say about the matter. Well, they didn't like it. The kingdom divided. It fell apart. Solomon, I mean, rather, Rehoboam thought the advice of his peers was better than the elders, but only because their advice was what he wanted to hear. They were yes men. They told him what he wanted to hear. You know, it's, it's a terrible thing to have a person, if you ask them for truth, and they tell you what they think you want to hear. Because then you don't know what truth is. I know a long time ago I told B.R. and my kids both, whenever you disagree with me, speak up. I want to hear it. It was never bad to disagree with me. I wanted them to disagree with me, tell me why they disagree with me, why they thought I was wrong, and what was actually right. And to the best of their ability, they did. And they, they found a lot of problems with me. But uh, we talked them through. We, we still talk them through, as a matter of fact. I get wisecracks all the time. I never got upset. I want the truth. When a person tells you a lie, they tell you what they think you want to hear, you can't use that advice. So what good is it? You've got to get to the truth. Rehoboam, his yes men told him what he wanted to hear, and he got in all kinds of trouble because of it. Your wife or your husband can be a problem sometimes. Oh, yeah. It works that way sometimes. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14, the Bible says Adam was not deceived when he sinned. He knew what was going on. He knew he was wrong. He knew what God said. He knew what the serpent said. He knew the serpent was lying. He knew that God told the truth. Nevertheless, he did it anyway. He ate the forbidden fruit. Why on earth did Adam do that? In 1 Corinthians 7, verse 33, Paul makes a statement that's very true. He who is married cares about the things of the world. Why? How he may please his wife. You know, that's what husbands want to do. They want to make their wife happy. I want to make my wife happy. A lot of times I go along with things. Some things I don't agree with. Some things I think is a waste of money and time. But I go along with them anyway. Because you, you, you don't want to tell your wife no all the time. I say no enough. And I don't want to say it more than I absolutely have to. So sometimes I swallow the bit and I'll Agree to what I really don't want to do. Why? Because I want to keep my wife happy. As long as it's not going to hurt her. I want to keep my wife happy. And that's the way men are, as a rule. Not all, of course. But most men, they want to keep their wife happy. You know, I can't remember the old sayings. There's a bunch of them old sayings right now. If mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. There's a lot of sayings that go along with that, which are very true. Uh, but we want to keep uh, our wives happy. And sometimes because we want to keep them happy, 
we do things that we really know we shouldn't have done. Sometimes it's not painful, sinful, like some of the things I've done in my life. But sometimes we, we might even be tempted to sin because our wife wants us to sin. She may want to go someplace she's not supposed to go. And because I want her to be happy, I go with her. There's all kinds of things that people might do, and that can go either way. The wife's the same way towards the husband. She wants to keep the husband happy, and a lot of times the wife agrees to things she wouldn't normally do because she wants to make her husband happy. And this is what Paul's talking about in our context. We want to please our wife. Well, in our context, back in 1 Timothy 2, though you look at Genesis 3 and 6, Eve took of the fruit that was forbidden. She ate it, and she gave it to her husband. And what happened? He ate it. He, wasn't, he knew it wasn't right. He knew it. He wasn't deceived. His eyes were wide open. Why did he eat it? Why did he tell her, no, we can't do this? I don't know. Maybe he wasn't too courageous. Maybe he wasn't too brave. I don't know what his problem was. But instead of telling her no, he just went along with it, and he ate the fruit. In verse 17, Jehovah enacted punishment because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and you have eaten from the tree that I told you not to eat from. This is why they were punished. This is why Adam was punished. He wanted to make his wife happy, I would suppose. I don't know any other reason why he would have eaten the fruit. And then after he made his wife happy, he watched her die one day. Just think, if he hadn't eaten that fruit, he wouldn't have had to watch her die. Expensive piece of fruit he ate. Adam was led astray by his own wife. You can be led astray by your spouse, too. They may want you to do something you know you're not supposed to do. They want, may want you to be involved in things you know you're not supposed to be involved in. They want, may want you to engage in things that you not, it's not right for a Christian to do. Sometimes, especially among married couples, it has to do with sexual activities. People engage in things that they're not supposed to engage in. They know they're not supposed to engage in it. But they do it anyway because it puts a little pizzazz back in the relationship. There's all kinds of things that we can be influenced to do. And we need to be on our toes because we don't want to sin against the Lord. There's a potential danger of government influence in our lives. I should say more than potential. It's a very great power. The kingdom was divided. Jeroboam, he was the king of the northern kingdom. <clears throat> Rehoboam was the king of Judah in the south. Jeroboam got the job by God being king in the northern kingdom uh, in a place called Shechem. He, uh, he was a really good man. He was a very good man for a very long time. He served Solomon very well, and then some problems came up. He had to run off. When Solomon died, he came back. So he was given the job, the king of the northern kingdom, he cared very deeply about the people of Israel. You can tell he cared so much. Because one day he woke up and he thought, boy, you know, people of Israel got to go all the way back to Jerusalem to worship. Man, that's too hard. That's too hard. 
Surely I can make your life better than this. And he came up with an idea. He had cabs made. He put one down in Dan and one up north. Uh, I should say down in the south and one up north uh, in Dan. And there the people could go to worship. Instead of going all the way to Judea, all the way up that mountain, all they had to do now was go just north or south. And they could worship God much easier, so much easier. He made it easier for them to worship God. <coughs> First Kings 12, 28, <coughs> the text says, Jeroboam speaking to the people said, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. It's just too hard. Therefore, here are your gods, O Israel, which brought you up from the land of Egypt. You don't have to go all the way up to Jerusalem anymore. You can worship right here at home and make your life so much better. And the people, people think to themselves, oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he cares about us. He doesn't want us to put ourselves out. What a king. What a king Jeroboam is. Thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. All along, not even knowing that he was trying to tempt them to commit sin. He was kind of like the serpent was back in the garden. You will not surely die. And that's the way Jeroboam is. You don't have to go to Jerusalem to worship. Oh, God said it, but he didn't mean it. You can worship right here. Jeroboam wasn't thinking about the people of Israel. Look what he said to himself in his heart, privately. Now, the kingdom may return to the house of David when they go down to Jerusalem to worship. If these people go up to offer sacrifices in the house of the Lord of Jerusalem, then their hearts will turn back to their Lord, Rehoboam, who is the rightful king of Judah. They will kill me. They will go back to Rehoboam, the king of Judah. You see, the people thought Jeroboam really cared about him. But that's not true. Jeroboam cared about himself. He was trying to protect himself. So he convinced the people that they could violate the law of God, that they could worship in the northern kingdom without ever going down south, and everything would be all right. And they thought, well, the government said we can do it. If the government said it's okay, then it's okay. We go by what the government says. Ain't that right? We are, we are people of laws. We go by the laws of a government. If they tell us we can do something, we do it. If they say we can't do something, we don't do it. It's up to the government. The government has spoken. You don't have to go to Jerusalem. And what a mess they got themselves into when that happened. Jehovah said he would give up Israel because of the sins of Jeroboam, because of what Jeroboam did, and because Israel heeded his voice. God gave up Israel because of Jeroboam and what he convinced them to do. They were influenced by a man who was supposed to have been their leader, and it just so happened that he led them in the wrong way. Because of the sins of Jeroboam, God will give Israel up. There's a lot of warnings issued in the Bible. There's a lot more that I would like to say, but man, I ain't got time to say it. But the Bible gives us a lot of warnings. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? Who do you hang out with? Do you hang out with believers? Or do you hang out with people who do not believe? Well, what difference does that make? 
Makes a lot. I don't care who it is, you, me, anybody else. We're all influenced by what we hear. We may not realize it, but we are. We take it in, we might take it into our subconscious, but it's in our mind. And it may wind up in our heart. And their thinking may become our thinking. It's like, you know, used to when uh, people back when I was younger, uh, Rob Petrie, Dick Van Dyke Show, you know, back then him and his wife, when they went to bed, they had twin beds. He had his bed, she had her bed. They didn't get in the same bed because really they weren't married. So they got in twin beds and they, they slept apart. And people make all sorts of fun of that. That's so silly, that's so silly, that's so silly. But look where we are today. Look where we are today. I believe a person would go to the toilet on television and it wouldn't bother people. We've gotten to the point that there's nothing that can happen on television that disturbs us. I watched this program the other day, it was called The Restless and Young. And there was uh, two women, lesbians, who got married, and they kissed each other on the mouth, and uh, it looked like the must have been the whole town was cheering. Yeah, 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 such a great thing. You know, when people watch that kind of stuff, you think, well, maybe it is okay. Maybe this is natural. Maybe there's nothing wrong with it. You know, you, you don't want to be a hateful old bitty like John Mayberry, who still talks about the Dick Van Dyke show. You, you want to be cool. You want to be Martin, modern. You, you, I'm not a prude. I'm not going to say anything about such stuff. Oh, of course it's natural. They do it every day, day after day after day. And you know they wouldn't do it on the Restless and Young show if that wasn't the real world. Do you ever stop to think how much what we see and hear has an effect on the way we think. Hey, listen to me, you can't help it. You can't help it. When you listen to it, when you see it, you agree with it, you disagree with it. If you disagree with it, you turn it off. If you are not bothered by it, because you like the show so, so good, you'll finally get to the point where it's not gonna seem so bad. After all, so-and-so does it. I've seen her kiss her girlfriend on the mouth all the time. Why, why, why should we get so upset about something like that? Why should I feel odd or queer about saying such a thing as that? It will affect me. It will affect you. It will affect any of us. What goes in? Through the eyes, through the ears is what we become. And I know we all feel like we're Superman, but we're not. And we're gonna get caught in a snare. We warn kids all the time. I think it's time we start warning ourselves. I want to say so much today, but I can't because I'm hungry. It's time to quit. If you're here today, if, if, if you're not a Christian, uh, 
the, the short of it is there's a right way to live and there's a wrong way to live. The wrong way is easier. And for the short run, for most people, it's probably a lot more fun. The narrow way is, is more difficult, at least until you become a true believer. And then you start experiencing the best life a person can ever live in this world. I know I fell into it, and I am so happy. But we all make a choice between God and mammon. Choose God. Take the time to learn about him, to know he's for real, that his word is true. And when you know in your heart that God is God and that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, then give yourself up to him. Stop sinning. or Resolve to stop sinning. It doesn't work that easy. And become a Christian by being immersed in water. As Christians, we, 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 we're a long ways off yet. We're a long ways off from the reward. we got to live the rest of our life out. And we, we have to do it a certain way. You know it. I know it. We've listened to this all our lives. We've got to live our lives out a certain way. We're not supposed to be sinning. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we get mad and we say a bad word. Sometimes we get mad and we behave badly. That happens. But living a sin, you know, I know, we're not supposed to do that. And we do sometimes, and it bothers us, and hopefully we get to the point where it bothers us so much we want the Lord's forgiveness. 